Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the auction community studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what's going on over there? Matt, I'm feeling really, really productive today, Luke. How about you? Oh, because it's Thursday. Well, of course it is. It's Thursday right now. Tomorrow's Friday, based on our means. We all understand Thursday's the most productive day of the week. Of course it is, Polly. That's fine. This uh, so far has felt like my least productive day of the week, not to rain on your parade. Why? But then walking in here, I managed to drop the mic sock and step on it. <laughs> There's nothing We're better all than set that. Up. Yeah, here. This Can is... you imagine the germs that are on your mic sock right now? As I told you I should have just licked the floor when I walked in here. It would have been a better way to start the show. As it stands. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going There's to, so many uh, people right now that have a weak stomach out there, right? Raise your hand if you're one of them driving around the base. Don't raise right your now, hand if you're driving. Getting ready to barf. Because Luke was talking about licking the floor. I didn't say I wanted to lick the floor. I just said that's what it feels like now. Uh, all right. Speaking of licking the floor, two games in the books in this uh, series with the Nuggets. And uh, so far, <laughs> so far, not so good. <laughs> that was pretty good, Luke. It's, it's alarmingly accurate. But the Suns, for their part, seem to be at least of the right mindset. Here's, uh, here's Campaign talking about the obstacle in front of them now and how they are adjusting to it. Oh, for sure. Uh, we we got to embrace what, what what we're dealing with. Uh, we've been embracing all these kind of things since I came to the team since the boat had to go 8-0 just to get an opportunity. Uh, this year we're dealing with injuries, but we, we where we are, we're here. Uh, so honestly, man, just, you know, you got to gotta take take what they give you, take take what the world give you, and just accept it and go do the best. We got a lot of guys on this team. Uh, so no matter what, we got a great opportunity. Alright, so he's says embrace it here's Monty Williams I mean you have to embrace it you have to believe it and see it uh, but you also have to be determined to do the things necessary to help you win the game and that was our focus today we have to be more disciplined in the areas that have been really good for us and, and not wane in that discipline so yeah you have to embrace it for sure man I love that I like, you know I love that Clearly, you know, somebody was said embrace like it during during one of the team meetings. I, I'm just telling you right now, you, you, you have to stand up and you have to say, this is what it's all about. This is why it's hard. Competition is rough. I need to embrace everything that it is. It's one of the reasons why you don't say stuff like, I'm dominating. Okay, it's exactly why you you embrace the suck. You embrace the responsibility, if you will, that you have when you go out and compete. You acknowledge it, and you embrace it, and you tell the truth. Have you heard me say, tell the truth before? Occasionally. Occasionally. Usually that's not what in the you, best moments. That's what you have to do. You don't say, motor. <laughs> what are you talking I'm, I'm motor. I'm dominating. I'm the anchor. I, you know, Tesla battery? You don't say stuff like that. That's all I'm saying, and I hope DA, I do. I, I'm never going to give up on a guy. I hope he gets it at one point in time. I hope he embraces it and understands 
You, you, you have to do that. You have to be accountable. You have to be responsible. And the first step to doing that is embracing. Well, now would be a good time because you're up against it. You're on the ropes if you're the Suns. Now, when you're on the ropes, doesn't mean the fight's over. You could obviously still come back and win this. We just watched a team come back from down 2-0 last round and win their series against a pretty good Sacramento team. Of course, it was Golden State that did it, but it is doable. 3-0? History says it's not doable in the NBA. So you need to win this game on Friday. You do need to embrace the pressure. You know Devin Booker uh, is somebody who just naturally seems to embrace that pressure. He spoke after practice yesterday. I mean, just keep it high level. You know, even if you're not on the court, um, doing anything with your body, just, you know, your mental awareness, your sharpness still be there. And, you know, just mentally put yourself in those situations that we seen last game. Rewatch the last game, see what worked and what didn't. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a good show, Luke, right here, because honestly, it's the psychology of sports. Doesn't it feel like the game should be tonight? It, it, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> we all laughed when the schedule be... came out. Oh, <laughs> look, there's not a game from Monday this to Friday. Is, this no, is going to be so brutal. <laughs> it's going to be brutal sitting around here. We're going to talk more about this, the psychology of sports Tomorrow, it's going to be. Yes, because there's still going to be sound right there. But I just, I, I love it. You know, it, it's okay. The intensity. It's one of the things I miss the most right now. Basin Onions by far and away. It's not even in close. It's, it's being able to tap into the rage tree and for it to be okay. Once you walked inside those white lines, I could literally act like a, like a savage and did many, many times. Once I stepped in between those white lines and it was okay. Wasn't like I was, I had hate in my heart for anybody. I did not. I just wanted to hurt you, <laughs> not injure you. Sound like song Not lyrics. injure you. It's a little different, right, Luke? There's a big difference big between difference. hurting somebody and injuring somebody. Well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll play your psychology game. How about the fact that Denver's whole, oh, yeah, we're overlooked and we're the underdogs and it's us against the world that, that they were pulling. Nobody's overlooking you, Denver. You're heavily favored. It would be a major meltdown if you lost the series in most people's eyes. So the Suns are the underdogs now. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. So Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are the underdogs now. Not even close. And right now, you have to turn your attention inward, Luke. The Suns players, they got to look at themselves. This is the door to victory. Look at yourself. Be personally responsible for you and how you play. The way out of this 0-2 start is... Isn't through looking at others, Luke, and saying, hey, how can you get better? We need you to do A, B, and C. What they need to do is look at, the, look at themselves. It's through the door marked you. That's the door to victory. Marked you. Man, I hope they embrace this responsibility. This feels like this is going to be like a deep philosophical show. Walk through a door uh, to yourself. You right now. Here, that's what it is. The door to victory is marked you look at yourself first before you call anyone else out uh here's monty williams practice yesterday we talked about that today i mean we just listed out the things that we've been through the last four years Um, again from the bubble to injuries the second year last year all year this year you know that's something that we can look back on and say we we know 
what we're capable of even in these situations against a really good team we're still capable it, it is it's the right mindset and Monty Williams isn't fabricating stuff there they had to go 8-0 in the bubble to have a chance before anybody really knew who they were outside of the city and they went 8-0 and they get in but that's but they still went 8-0 um, you know, they, they had obstacles on that path to the NBA Finals two years ago, even though everybody just points to the injuries the other teams had. They also had injuries, and Chris Paul missed games with COVID in the playoffs. But uh, I'll repeat what I said yesterday, Wolf, and this is not this is not undermining their message in that room, but I think from the outside perspective, it would be really nice to see this team, if they're going to lose two playoff games in a row, which they've now done, to respond by winning some games in the playoffs. Yeah. The series isn't over. Yeah. And, and like Kevin Durant said the other day, moral victories, they don't apply this time of year. Last year when the Suns started losing, they were done. They lost four or five. The year before when they started losing, they were done. They lost four in a row. How about we get the series back to two to two and see yeah. where this goes? Yeah, you know what's so fascinating? Um, just last night, did you see Joe Missoula? <laughs> did you see him? <laughs> I, I oh, did. Oh, my goodness. It's one of those things where I'm like, this is going to show up in Wolf's email. This this is one of the best things ever, Basinonians, and we're going to get into this, I think, a little bit later in the broadcast, but it was okay. He was angry. <laughs> he was angry that day, my he friend. He was a little upset. He was upset after the game. They won the game, of course, the Boston Celtics, after dropping game one. They only dropped one game, and they were angry. <laughs> he was angry. He was talking about his players in the locker room. They were angry. They were frustrated. They were angry. They were pissed. That, those were his those words were his that he words. used right there. And uh, he was very terse in his post-game press conference. Very short. Very direct. Yes and no answers for the most part. Think about that. That's how angry he was. It's okay to tap into the rage tree. It is, Basin audience. It's okay, my young crunk brothers, to do it inside the lines, whether it's on the field, whether it's on the ice, whether it's wherever it may be, the floor, it doesn't matter. Tap into the rage tree. There's nothing wrong with competing like that. And then you step outside those lines. You love people. You respect them. And you treat them better than yourself. All right, we come back. What are the keys to Game 3 between the Suns and Nuggets tomorrow night? We're going to ask our own uh, Phoenix Suns guru, Kellen Olsen, will join us next. We're just going to grill Kellen for like 15 minutes and, and hopefully come out of this with answers for how they win the game. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. <laughs> Arizona Sports, our Suns megamind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, Kellen Olsen is joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. He's back in Phoenix, I believe. I just saw him yesterday, and there's no reason to go back to Denver until hopefully next week. Killer. Kellen, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Uh, just great. I would love it if the series was even. Um, here, let's let's start with the, uh, the, the biggest question I had coming out of Game 2, and maybe it's not the biggest question, but it's the biggest one I had. The approach that the Suns took with Jokic and, I guess, uh, Jamal Murray at the same time, is that something that they're going to continue to do going forward, do you think? Because that part did seem to work. Yeah, I think it's sustainable to some extent. I think that where you start to get in trouble is if Jamal Murray just finds a little bit more of a rhythm and then you're allowing Jokic to be that level of score. The the reason why it worked was it they basically challenged Jokic and Gordon to be scores. They were playing off of Gordon, and I thought Gordon still had a pretty good game, too, after a really good game one. 
but you saw moments in the first half where he was hesitating a bit with the ball. And then when Jokic had the ball in that first quarter, especially, it just wasn't really moving that much because the Suns weren't playing off of anyone and were allowing Jokic to go at Aiton, who I thought did a pretty good job on Jokic in that game too. So I do think that it's sustainable to some extent, but I think the biggest thing that I'm watching for from an adjustment standpoint, we're talking so much about Chris Paul and all this kind of stuff, obviously for very obvious reasons, but at the same time, Denver's biggest thing is going to be how do they get Jamal Murray going again in game three, and that's probably the biggest thing I'm watching for on Friday. So, Killer, if the Suns have a vocal leader on this team, who would you say it is? Oh, man. Uh, on the roster, uh, excluding money? Yes. Uh, it sounds like it's Book. Uh, it, it's either Book or Chris. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I, I can't say just because we're not in the locker room during those moments, obviously. But what you're alluding to is what Book said after game two. He told us more or less what he said, which was that he just loves playoff basketball. He loves the opportunity that they get to do what they do and have the chance to play it at the highest level right now in the playoffs like they do. And I asked Book about that yesterday and just when he – when he tries to find those moments and when he thinks those moments are viable for him to speak up and say something. And because Monty went on to say something to the extent of like those moments when book steps up and says something before I'm even in the room and gets us on track already have just been like, we wouldn't be where we are right now without him doing that. And book just said, he's developed a feel for it over the years has learned what works, what hasn't worked. And when I asked him who he thinks of when it works, he didn't want to, he politely declined to reveal who he thinks of, but you think about all the great leaders that he's played with over the years, whether you go to Team USA, whether you go like to Kentucky even, maybe you go to the Suns. Like it's there's a lot of examples that he can pull from and it seems like he's there right now for the team. And I think that's the main thing to realize is that while this team is really short handed and they lost like such a significant leader like Chris, they still have Booker, they still have Durant, two guys who are going to continue to lead the team and also won't feel any pressure at all down 0-2 right now. Would you still say that Book leads the team in FaceTime where he actually gets in front of some people and says some things to him? Would you say that Devin Booker does that regularly? Yeah, I think so, and especially with the way in which the team dynamic has shifted this season, right? Like, I don't I think there are some guys who would come into a team in the middle of the season and still feel the need to do that as much as possible, but I don't think Kevin Durant is one of them necessarily. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what his leadership style is specifically, but I'm going to guess it's not really much of that. It's more of leading by example. It's more of seeing how hard he's going 45 minutes after practice and being like, oh, well, I was about to, maybe I should do one more session and right. with weights really quick just to be, make sure I'm keeping up there. Uh, that's more of his. It's been leading by example, but... Yeah, I mean, it was covering those 19-20 win teams. I remember how much books specifically would talk about how important it is for accountability and how much they need accountability. And I think that he learned over those times that not being afraid to step up and address what's wrong and get in front of it and talk about it with each other was a big thing that he learned over that stretch. And that's what they're, they've been doing over these couple of seasons through a lot of success. We're talking to Kellen Olson. Uh, Kellen, reading your piece on Arizona sports that's up there today. Um, you referenced in there Monty Williams talking about potential uh, offensive pieces coming off the bench. And, and it seemed like he was open to a guy like Terrence Ross or TJ Warren stepping up, maybe playing a bigger role on Friday. Is that fair? It's what he said. Uh, we'll see on Friday. Uh, I, I'm not sure yet. I really can't say with certainty who we're going to see. I think that 
the fact that we can roll through still half a dozen guys who could potentially start game three just says a lot about the position that they're in, both positively and negatively. I think most people are focusing on the negative, of course, but they went through such this injury-riddled stretch over the course of the regular season where pretty much everyone got to prove themselves. I mean, even a guy like T.J. Warren, who played 15 games for this team or whatever it was, he had those four or five games on the road where he looked like he was really starting to put stuff together. We've seen Terrence Ross have some really good moments in, in late in the season. And then, of course, the guys who have been around throughout the year have had their own positive stretches as well to lead to some confidence that they rightfully earned. But I, I, I really don't know what their rotation is look, looking like. I feel confident in saying that one of Ross or Warren is going to be in there. Now, are they going to start? Are they going to be the first guy off the bench? Or are they just going to play five, six minutes each half. I'm not exactly sure, but I think the main thing that Monty has always been cognizant of and is focused on is not overworking Booker and Durant. And I know that the minute totals have been high, but something Chris talked about back in the L.A. series is that while 45 minutes looks like 45 minutes, a lot of the times there's breaks in there, there's stretches in there where they're not really on the ball as much. That goes out the window now with only Booker and Durant out there. Like campaign's going to be out there with them quite a bit as well. But they're going to need some relief, and they're going to need space to do what they do, and that's where like the shooting of Terrence Ross and Damian Lee comes into the picture. That's where the additional scoring that T.J. Warren provides comes in. But there's always a delicate balance there, and we talk about how well they executed defensively. They've got to have some of their better defenders out there as well. So we'll see. But as you can tell, like I'm not really sure who we're going to see out there. You know, it's interesting to me, Killer, because the news came down that Chris Paul was going to miss most likely games three, four, and five, and yet the designation on him is day-to-day right here. What can you tell us about Chris Paul and your expectation as to whether or not he comes back before game six? Yeah, we we never know. Uh, To be honest, I think you guys will remember that during the Lakers series two years ago, it was called a right shoulder contusion, and it sure looked like something that was not just a contusion. So, like, the exact specifics of the injury. Now, left groin strain, that seems like more or less what this is, right? But we know that Chris has been hurt over the last two years, and whether it was the wrist thing, whether it was, I think, a, a hamstring for the Dallas series, whether it was... Um, other things that he's dealt with, like his hand over the last couple of weeks, like we sometimes we don't get inclined to like those kind of reports necessarily. And so it's not even just taking it with a grain of salt. It's just waiting until he's ruled out or not. But the reporting there from Sean Sharani, I think, is, is certainly legitimate. And it's just more that the Suns prefer to play their cards close to the vest whenever they can. And this is one of those situations where they do. Uh, Kellen Booker referenced uh, yesterday the the you know control what you can control mentality that they have, and it's obviously the right approach. But in your mind, how much of of winning Game Three comes down to things the Suns can control, and how much of it is influenced by the Nuggets? Um, I, I think it's both. Uh, I wrote a piece on ArizonaSports.com about how Denver has the pressure on them now, and this is really the first time in which that has happened to them because they are in the driver's seat now to win the West. They're plus 310 with the gambling odds right now to win the title, and they were at plus 1,100 a month ago when the playoffs started. So they're just in this brand-new position they've never really seen before. Much like Phoenix, uh, the the noise coming out of Phoenix a couple years ago, Denver has been clamoring for their team to get more attention, more respect as a legitimate title contender, and that's what they're getting right now. And they're in this position, like I said, where they're in the driver's seat, so naturally – the pressure goes on them, and I'm just curious to see how 
they respond to it because you guys remember the quotes leading into the series where it felt like the Nuggets were kind of embracing the fact that they were almost underdogs in the series, which they weren't necessarily. It was more of a coin flip. Like we all agreed that this was a very 50-50, who knows kind of series, but they were embracing the fact that it was even that when they were the top seed. That's not the case anymore. They are the overwhelming favorites to win this series now, both with the gambling odds and just knowing that Chris Paul is out for these three games and how those two games went. So I'm curious to see on the road, there are 19-22 and 22 road team this year to see how they respond. I think that they'll respond well, to be clear. But to your point, Game 3 could be just as much about how they respond to being in this position than how the Suns play without Chris Paul. Kellen, great stuff as always, man. Hopefully this playoff run continues. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Yep, thanks, guys. All right, Killer. That's uh, Kellen Olsen joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Certainly check out his stuff on ArizonaSports.com and his podcast, Empire of the Suns, with uh, with our own Kevin Zimmerman as well. You know, again, with the the... This came up when we had Jake Shapiro on yesterday. The Nuggets, for their amazing regular season that nobody's ever been able to duplicate, right, because they were so good, they'd be fourth in the Eastern Conference. Like, calm down, Denver. <laughs> you won 53 games. You had the best record in the West, and that's great, and you're up 2-0 in this series, but just calm down a little bit. Uh, text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the fallout continues with the Cardinals and Eagles regarding regarding the uh, the tampering case. So how much further can this go? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. This is... Um, one of those stories that I keep thinking each time we talk about it, Wolf, that it's done, and then something else comes out the next day or after our show or whatever. So I guess we're getting back into the Cardinals-Eagles tampering stuff, the the, the stuff that uh, the Cardinals already gave the Eagles a pick for. I thought everybody had moved on. Uh, Howie Roseman was on 94 WIP on Tuesday. And to be fair to him, he was he was asked about this. It's not like he's walking around being like, oh, we're ruined because somebody called our defensive (laughs) coordinator for a couple minutes. Uh, But here he is. Are you mad at Jonathan Gannon? You know, I'm mad that we're talking about the freaking Super Bowl. I'm 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 mad that I got to freaking go back to that moment um, that we had a chance here to win our second world championship, and it drives me. All this other stuff, you know, I, it doesn't help us win games. So we got to move on from it and figure out the best way to win games. You know, that was handled at the ownership level and at the league level. Um, and for me, I, I can only control what we can, which is adding as many good players and as many good people as we possibly can on this team. I feel like the old morning show would have been like a lot of follow-up on some of these things. Well, you just go boom, boom, right, boom. Here's, I like it. Here's, the, here's the follow-up. You're mad at Gannon, and you don't want to say it publicly. No, <laughs> I did not say that. I did not say that. <laughs> that's very interesting. That's Howie Roseman yeah, right there, this right? From, uh, that, that's from two days ago, yeah. Can I tell you that I, I absolutely loved what he said in the first part of that cut that you played. It doesn't help them win football games yes. to sit here and dwell on something like this. Yeah, but that, what I love, too, I'm mad about the Super Bowl. I'm mad about that and how that happened and what happened in that game. I'm mad about that. Um, all this other stuff, he said, no. Um, I, I agree with that. I think that is the right way to go. Yeah, it, 
it's just a very strange story at this point. Like nobody's denying that the Cardinals broke a rule. I think anybody with a sense, uh, with common sense, would say it is a rule and they broke it, and they should, you know, you have to follow the rules, so they have to swap picks. Not exactly like the biggest rule in NFL history. Again, Jonathan Gannon interviewed with the Houston Texans, I believe, twice prior to that. Now they were they were in the legal, but I mean these are arbitrary boundaries set up by the NFL. It's it's not like it's not like he took players with him and was like, hey, sorry, yes. uh, you guys are gonna have to play in Super Bowl without these players. Last again, I said this yesterday. Philadelphia got Hassan Reddick basically from the Cardinals. We developed him and gave you one of your best players. <laughs> the Cardinals should be able to call into they Jalen Hurts' headpiece during though, a game. We should be able to call into their headpiece and be like, hey, Jalen, run this play. That's yes. what they should be able to do. Calm down, Philadelphia. Yes. Do you have any idea? This is just me right now, Basinonians, guessing. But do you have any idea how many impermissible phone calls happen during the course of an NFL year? Guessing this isn't the only <laughs> one in the history of the NFL. Uh, how many impermissible phone calls happened. Do you have any idea? The grapevine is vast and varied in the National Football League. You hear me talk about it all the time. You want to get any type of information? You want to get any type of question? You want to get some inside info on somebody? You can do it. Easily. Pick up the phone and call a guy who is an assistant to an assistant on a coaching staff. Whatever. You'll be amazed at the information you can actually this get. This is a league that has a legal tampering period. Like, that's how much it <laughs> right. happened that they had to it's, set aside a few days for legal tampering. I'm not trying to dismiss it. I'm it not was, either, but it was, a, it was the wrong thing to do. I, Monty, I guarantee you right now, just didn't know. Didn't which know is no it excuse. Was in a, it's no excuse. Which is no excuse whatsoever. Yes, this, I agree with that. Yet, at the same time, he did it. It kind of feels like... Like you're backing out of your driveway and you like scrape somebody's car. Like you just scrape a little bit. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Here, let me let me, let me get the paint job paid for. Okay, there's a little inch. And, and the Eagles are like, well, now I have to get a new car and a new house because you scraped the, the side of my car lightly, even though you've already apologized and paid for it. Yes, I, I, everything's ruined. I have to move. Yeah, like that's that's what this feels like. Now here's Adam Schefter on the Fanatic uh, yesterday. I, I think that uh, it impacted a lot of people's lives. Um, Vic Fangio, for example, uh, probably would not have taken the Dolphins' defensive coordinator job and would be the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia today if everything was on the up and up. And so it just impacted the Cardinals on their job and Jonathan Gannon. It impacted others as well. Yeah, that's Shafty, the way life Shafty. happens. You're going to do Shafty. something today, and it's going to impact somebody who's going to impact somebody else, somebody you don't know, and it's going imp- to that, that's that's what happens. Shefty, so he had to go and be the defensive coordinator for the Miami Boy, Dolphins. I don't even know how he, he do could this have, now. I, I mean, really, Vic, are you okay? Do you are you going to be all right? Do you think a reasonable solution to this would just be to cancel the upcoming season and we can all reset two years from now? Because <laughs> you got to figure those he three impacted minutes impacted a the lot phone. of people's oh, lives, man, Luke. Because, you know, Philly really sounded like they wanted to keep Jonathan Gannon. But they're miserable that he's gone. But they were miserable that he was there because it was his fault that they didn't win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, if he I'm was following the reason the why they lost logic, the Super Bowl, okay. yes. Uh, I thought the Eagles fans were happy to see him go. So Remember that? That's what they said, yeah. Yeah, he's impacted a lot of people's lives, right? <laughs> what? What? Come on! <laughs> Shafty! <laughs> you know better. 
believe. I think it was the tone of. You know, I'm just going to play the beginning again, okay? And you tell me if this sounds like a, a GM calling a coach for three minutes when he shouldn't have, or something much worse, okay? I, I think that uh, it impacted a lot of people's lives. Um, <laughs> Vic Fangio. <laughs> I could help it a right lot there. Of people's lives. It's, he was. Yeah, he said it in a very. You know. I I don't want to say remorseful. It wasn't remorseful, but it was it very was this, somber. It was somber. That's the word I was looking for. I'm just going to say somber. what we're all thinking. All of our lives were impacted by this. Do you this. have any idea how he impacted other people's lives? <laughs> think about wherever you are right now in Phoenix, driving around, you're at work or whatever. Now think about where you could be if Monty Austinfort hadn't called Jonathan Gannon a couple months ago. <laughs> think about how different your life would be. A lot of people's lives he impacted. Yeah, First let's see. All, Vic Fangio and whoever's with Vic <laughs> and if his family's going down, they're going to be in Miami. Well, now you got to figure every Miami game this year will be affected. Every <laughs> Eagles game, every team they play. I, I just, I love how... We've gotten to this position where Philadelphia can now blame Gannon if they don't win the Super Bowl this year coming up, too. If they don't win it in 2023-24, yeah. well, it was Gannon's fault because, you know, he left and he told us he wasn't going to leave. This yeah. this is worse than sour grapes. This is grape-less, if you know what I mean. It's, it's, I just, I, I, again, I think this is the last time we're going to talk about it until something comes up later today. And it's like, well, it turns out the NBA playoffs were impacted by it. It's why Joel Embiid's hurt, actually. I don't know if you knew that. Joel Embiid, the reason he's missed the first couple games, because Monty Austin Ford called Jonathan Gannon. What do you think Nick Sirianni's going to do now? He's probably retired. It's over. I don't know how he could go on at this point. Uh, all right. We need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for Game 3 and Game 4. Text TICKET 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, that's TICKET 620-620. We come back. The Suns are officially labeling Chris Paul day-to-day. You buying that? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Remember when uh, when Chris Paul had to miss a couple games in uh, the series against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals? Yeah. Remember they had him FaceTiming in on yes. the bench after Oh, games? that's right. Can we do that again? I know he can sit there. I know he, but can we still have Chris Paul FaceTime in somehow? Because I feel like that those were happier times. They were happier times. I don't care if he's sitting right next to Devin Booker on the bench. Can he just FaceTime in while he's not playing? Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think his presence is going to be felt because he's going to be there. <laughs> That's going to be good. Which is a good thing with campaign, because campaign has mentioned on numerous occasions how much it helps to have Chris Paul's influence, specifically uh, campaign. In fact, here is campaign talking about Chris Paul's injury. He's all right. He said he'll be fine. Uh, you, you know, see, he he he, he pretty quiet when it, when something happening because you never know when he's gonna come back. So um, he just told me to be ready. Uh, I know he's doing fine. Said he was fine. So I was just gonna keep the good spirits going. See that? 
See, that's the whole thing about it. I, I pretty much dismiss Chris Paul. You know that. Uh, maybe if there's a game six or seven, maybe he might be able to do it. You dismiss the idea of him playing I this dismiss weekend. the yeah. idea of him playing games three or four and I thought the report, I forget who brought it down, but the, the report, Shams, that he was going to miss game five. Three to five, that, that sounded about right to me right there. So... Um, yeah, groin strain, that's a possibility right there. A seven to ten days, somewhere in there. Yeah, maybe you could go ahead, get treatment on it. They've got all these advanced treatment methods today that they never had back when I was playing. And, of course, you can use blue juice if you get desperate, if it was a desperate situation. That they did have back when you were playing. That they did, yeah. yes, of course. But now they've got much better blue juice, much better today <laughs> blue juice than they ultra. had back then. Never forget that. Uh I just want to see some drama in this series. And I don't mean the drama of, hey, the Suns are down 2-0 and Chris Paul's hurt. How about now some drama the other way that Denver has to deal with? Think about it for a second. Let's just say Chris Paul misses Game 3, Game 4, and Game 5, which, like you, I'm just kind of assuming at least 3 and 4, maybe. What if the Suns survive that? What if they come, I mean, if they if they survive it, then they're either up 3-2 or down 3-2, and then maybe Chris Paul's coming back for a game six. Yeah. I'm just bringing this up because it's been two days of like, oh, boy, the Suns are in trouble. Oh, this and that. But, but what if they do survive the next three games and Chris Paul's back for game six and game seven if it gets that far? The pressure is firmly on Denver at that point because, A, you've extended the series, which I think a lot of people don't even believe they can do right now. And, B, you did it without Chris Paul. And see, there's a chance Chris Paul would be coming back at that point. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's going to start once again with uh, being angry. <laughs> it's going to it's going to start once again with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker leading the way. It's going to start with those guys going out and bringing an intensity level to the floor that we have not seen yet. This is desperation time. It's desperation time for the Phoenix Suns. Now, listen, all is well. All is well, provided they win game three and four. I don't know how you feel about that. It it does feel now that Chris Paul is probably not going to play in those games as well. It feels like a stretch to think somehow, some way, the Suns, with the bench being what it is and Chris Paul now down, that the bench is actually, the rotation is going to change. The bench is going to play more, and, and now all of a sudden they're going to win games? Uh, you know, it does seem like they're up against it. Well, they are right now. It. Yeah, they are. But I guess, I guess but, what I'm saying is, you know, so much of the talk yesterday was, boy, is there any way they can really win four out of five? I mean, that is what they have to do. But let's just break yes. this down a little bit, and then you always break it down to, well, you just got to win the next game. That's true, and that's the mindset you got to have. But what if you just look at the next three games and you take you take that report at its word that Chris Paul's going to miss the next three games, but then he's going to be back. If you could survive the next three games, it swings everything. Yeah, if you could. If. I get if, that it's a course. big if. But but that that is that's at least easier to manage than if you can win four of the next five. No, just if you can win two of the next three, potentially everything really swings. Yeah, and once again, the day-to-day thing. I just, why, why wouldn't you say he's going to be reevaluated in a week? Why, why wouldn't you just say that? You know, he pulled his groin. He's going to be reevaluated in a week. That that just tells you right now where it's day to day. 
I, I don't know. The Suns have done this before. We know that. But it seems she did weird it with KD to me. Luke. Like two months ago, yeah, it, a month it and a half seems ago. weird to me that you're labeling this and characterizing this groin injury as day to day. Hey, if he wakes up today, guess what? It, it might feel okay. <laughs> we didn't know that. It felt great. He's going to play. You know, I, are, I you, don't are you going to keep rhyming? I don't. You rhymed okay with play and day to day. But you get my point, right? I, I don't know how to say. If I was Chris Paul, I'd be like, dude, day to day, you're really going to label a day to day where I could play tonight That's... in Game Three on Friday night. I could if I could gut it out somehow. Yeah, just I could how play. About we just say I'm you out know, for a couple games. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't understand that. It's not the same injury at all. So I, I hesitate to even make this comparison. But when the the series with the Clippers ended, you remember how many people were like, "Hey, you know, you could have done Kawhi a little bit of a favor if it was a torn meniscus and just said he has a torn meniscus instead of making it be like, "Hey, is he going to play tonight?" Yeah, and he's right. like, "No, I have a torn meniscus." Yeah, you know why? Because he's he's a cupcake. Yeah, I mean, sure, he can't he's move made one out of his glass. Knees. So I, with 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 Chris Paul, I'm I'm with you. I don't expect to see him in either of the games this weekend. Um, and and I think if you're the Suns, you have to approach it. I think if you're the Suns, you have to approach it like, hey, we're not going to see him again this series. But knowing in the back of your mind, you may very well. If you push the series to game five or six or seven, you may very well see him. In fact, here's Monty Williams. Grateful he didn't tear it or something like that, where he's done for the season. You always have to look at the bright side of, you know, tough situations and tough breaks. And uh, we're just grateful that it wasn't worse than than we thought. One more for money. It's not even about that. I mean, I'm optimistic just because I believe in in a number of things. The medical staff, Chris fights his tail off to get back. And um, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, you know, I mean, that that is. It's fantastic. Uh, the medical staff and everybody. But again, I, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm saying, can you do anything but list me as day-to-day? I, I would take exception with that. As a former professional athlete who prided himself on going out there and actually being available, no matter how bad I was banged up, being available... Um, Man, being listed as day-to-day, I'd say, please, Well, it, reevaluate it, that. It is. We talk about this a lot during football season, though, right? What do you always say? Why would you give any aid, comfort, and shelter to your opponent? That's what sure. they're doing, right? They, But I just, I don't understand it. Do you think that the Nuggets right now are like, oh, boy, we yeah, have a plan no, for game no. three. But Chris Paul's only day-to-day. Hey, like he's if, day-to-day. No, if he were on. out, we'd have a plan, but instead we can't do anything until the game tips <laughs> off. Yeah, that's not going to be the case. Yeah, here's he's day-to-day. Here's Devin Booker uh, on being prepared. Yeah, I mean, it puts more on, you know, all of our plates. Um, but, you know, that's, that's part of playoff basketball. That's part of the NBA is just, you know, controlling what you can control. You know, we all wish injuries weren't a part of it, but, you know, it is. And, you know, the teams that can sustain that and adapt um, under those circumstances kind of tend to do better. You know, for me right now, I just, um, I, I would get angry. <laughs> I would get angry only because here you are, you're you're in round two of the playoffs, and you're down 0-2 in the series right now to the Denver Nuggets. You're down 0-2, and you've gotten handled 
by the Denver Nuggets in two different games, in two different ways. And then all of a sudden, here's Chris Paul. It happens again. What is going on here? You know, I was talking about this yesterday, piling up. It's just, it feels like it, you know what it does? It just, it starts to burn a little fire in you, doesn't it, Devin Booker? It burns a little fire and you like it. The world is against you. Embrace that, well, man. This, <laughs> Embrace this, that. I mean, along those lines, this is the exact scenario that all this past summer they were like, man, I don't ever want to be in that position again. And then at the start of this year, okay, we got to make sure we, we lessen the load on Chris Paul and Devin Booker because what what were you trying to avoid? You were trying to avoid potentially bowing out from the playoffs early with Chris Paul hurt. It's the exact scenario you were trying to avoid. So you're right. That should make you angry. And only some of that has been under your control. Uh, we come back. All right. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, could the Suns potentially move DeAndre Ayton this offseason if you know if things don't go well? And is there a name you definitely would take a little pause on if that was the name coming back? How's that for a tease? What? Yeah. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.